Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. Good morning, good morning. Now, I am often intrigued, well, actually, I'm jealous of all these people who have angelic visitations. You know, do you see these on YouTube? Like, they have millions of views, where people see angels, angels appear, they deliver a heavenly message here on earth to give a heavenly perspective. And I, for one, am like, I want that. I mean, it's a mess on earth, right? (laughs) I'd like a heavenly perspective, a message from an angel. And by the way, we do believe in angels. We believe they're messengers sent from God to deliver messages. Well, my message today is actually a message that was delivered directly by an angel to all of us because it's the book of Revelation. Now, you probably noticed I said Revelation, singular, not plural. It's not revelations because the book of Revelation has one powerful, profound revelation, and that is the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, there's a lot of other things in the book of Revelation, but by far, that is the most central. So I'm going to open up the book. And by the way, we are going to be doing a lot of reading because believe it or not, Revelation is the only book of the Bible where there is a specific blessing attached. It says, those of you who read this, who hear this, and who actually do it, you're going to be blessed. So, hey. So we're going to be doing a lot of reading. And today I'm going to be in chapter 1. And so I'm going to open up here, uh, Revelation 1, verse 1. It says this, Revelation of Jesus the Messiah. God gave it to him to show his servants what must soon take place. He signified it by sending a message through his angel to his servant John, who by reporting all he saw bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus the Messiah. I'm actually using the New Testament for everyone, which is a brand new translation by the very eminent scholar N.T. Wright out of the UK. And I like it because it's the New Testament for everyone. Because the Bible is hard enough to understand, and then the Revelation is about 10 times more difficult to understand. So it's good to have a good translation. But did you notice the progression there? This is a revelation given from God the Father to Jesus the Son, to an angel who then delivers it to John, who many think is the Apostle John, who was, you know, very close friend to Jesus, wrote the Gospel of John. And then John made sure it was delivered to seven different churches of the first century there. It's now in modern-day Turkey, but we'll be talking more specifically about those seven churches as we go on. Okay, why, why was this given? Like, Why did this angel appear to give this fresh revelation of Jesus Christ? I mean, didn't they already know who he was? Many of them had witnessed him, uh, you know, they were like 
personal uh, attached to him. They knew him. Well, these churches were birthed with miraculous signs, wonders, all kinds of amazing things. And then by now, as we are trucking along, along through the first century, they are struggling. There's all kinds of persecution. Many people have been martyred. Uh, they've been kicked out of not only their homes, but their cities, and they're struggling. And they're thinking to themselves, wait a minute, we know what Jesus said about the church. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail. Sorry, didn't look like it. Not right now. It looked like hell was winning, okay, with their current situation. And so an angel is going to bring encouragement, instruction, and revelation from Jesus himself, who's now the ascended reigning king on high. And this blessing, it says in verse 3, God's blessing on the one who reads the words of the prophecy and on those who hear them and keep, that's important, <laughs> what is written in it. The time you see is near. So I'm going to invite all of us as we go through this series, pick up the book of Revelation again, or maybe for the first time, and be blessed. But I'll give you a, a, a heads up to start with. Seven times in the first three books of Revelation, Jesus, or the first three chapters of Revelation, Jesus says this statement, if you have an ear to hear or an ear that listens, then listen to what the Spirit has to say. You see, what we're going to be reading and listening and hearing in the book of Revelation is going to take the Holy Spirit. You, there's no question. He's a fantastic teacher. He wants to lead and guide you into truth. Most of all, he wants to reveal more and more of Jesus. So let's pray. Father, we pray for those ears to hear. Holy Spirit, be our teacher. Yes, reveal this book to us. Reveal Jesus to us. Will you touch our minds, our hearts? You know what each of us need. So we welcome you here today. Come, Holy Spirit, in Jesus' name. Well, if there's such a tremendous blessing on those who read and do Revelation, why do so few people actually read it? I'm not actually going to ask for a show of hands. <laughs> but I felt very convicted because this is the first time in over 40 years as a church that we've actually preached more systematically on the book of Revelation. Uh, we've, we've always, you know, different verses or, you know, different chapters, but we've never, never done what we're going to do in the next five weeks, okay? So it's like, why don't we? Well, the book of Revelation is crazy confusing, okay? I mean, you don't have to read very far and you're like, what? So there's these magnificent heavenly visions with all kinds of heavenly creatures, and then there's these horrific beasts and dragons and blood and destruction, and then all kinds of numbers. Seven bowls, there's seven trumpets, there's seven seals, and then there's smells and colors. And I mean, it's just filled with all kinds of sounds and critters. And I'm telling you, it's confusing. And it's easy to give up on. It's also very easy to get distracted from the one revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's really, really important. Now, those of us, I'm going to date myself, but that's okay. Those of us who were, uh, came to Christ in the 70s and, and uh, maybe even into the 80s, 
we were all very familiar with a series of books called Left Behind. And anybody here familiar? There was a movie, Left Behind. It's all based on the book of Revelation. Okay, and the whole premise of the Left Behind movies and the, the uh, Left Behind books is you get right with God right now or you're going to be left behind. Left behind when? Well, when he raptures the church. Okay? That's what it was all about. I'm just going to say this statement. We might, um, I'm going to do a little bit of meddling today uh, and maybe clean up the messes like with a podcast or something. But Revelation is not about a rapture out of this world. Revelation is about faithful and loving discipleship to Jesus Christ in this world. Okay, now you have to understand, again, I was a product of the 70s <laughs> as a coming to Christ. Then, how many of you are familiar with the movie Thief in the Night? We showed it to all the youth groups. I mean, okay, Thief in the Night is based on a text that says when Jesus returns, he's going to come as a thief in the night. And so what happened is the movie showed, like, two people are in a bed. One knows Jesus, one doesn't. When the one who doesn't know Jesus wakes up the next morning, guess what? Bed's empty. Uh, because the one who knew Jesus got snatched away, got raptured, okay? And it was very scary. It's like, I don't want to be left behind. I don't want Jesus to come as a thief in the night and not take me. I'm telling you, it literally scared the hell out of us and heaven into us. Yeah, you thought, I, I gotcha. I gotcha. <laughs> oh, anyway, all that to say. There's been a lot of confusing interpretations of the book of Revelation. John Wimber, the founder of the Vineyard, when he taught on Revelation, this was in the 80s, he said there's no fewer than, at that time, 17 different ways to interpret Revelation. And so, yeah, it can be confusing. We definitely need the Holy Spirit because people are like, well, is Revelation just about the past? Is it about the present? Or is it just about the future? Yes. Now we're going to focus on what the Holy Spirit focuses on and let all the other stuff kind of sort itself out. And we are going to recommend a lot of resources. I mean, I'm a resource person. Of course, please eat the meat. Please spit out the bones. Don't choke or anything. But uh, we're going to dive into the first five chapters. Uh, as I said in this series, Revelation, the unveiling of Jesus Christ. Maybe later we'll tackle the other 17 chapters. I don't know. But today, I'm going to just answer some basic questions. What is the book of Revelation? Who wrote it? Why and how to read it? And so today's focus is really why and how uh, to read Revelation. But I'm going to give you the bottom line so you can kind of marinate in the bottom line as I go through. We read Revelation to encounter the living Christ not to expose the Antichrist, okay? It's a totally different focus. Or said another way, we don't read Revelation to unveil the code to the end times. We read Revelation to unveil the Christ of all times, okay? So let's keep our eyes on Jesus, okay? Which is very hard to do when you read Revelation because the word revelation is a word taken from uh, the Greek, and if, when we translate it into English, it's the word apocalypse. Now, I know you know that word, 
I know you guys know it, the teenagers. I know you know that because zombie apocalypse. You know, we think it refers to catastrophic events, right? Like tsunamis and earthquakes and, and tornadoes and blizzards in Texas. You know, they're apocalyptic. As a matter of fact, an online definition, just like on Google, goes, it's the catastrophic, catastrophic ending to the world as depicted in the biblical book of Revelation. Hmm. Don't always trust Google for your definitions. But anyway, so apocalypse, the word apocalypse, it is. This is actually called the apocalypse of Jesus Christ. The apocalypse is the last book of the Bible. Okay, book number 66. Apocalypse means the sudden unveiling of a previously hidden truth. And in regards to this book, it's the sudden unveiling of the previously hidden man who's called truth, Jesus Christ himself. So you might think, well, how, how was Jesus hidden? Again, I mean, they knew him, many of them. They already, they had other letters from some of the apostles and other writers of the New Testament. How, I mean, how, what, was he hidden? No. I don't know about you, but I've actually never plumbed the depths of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I've been at this a long time. And I want to know the height, the length, the breadth, the depth of my Lord and my Savior. And I'm discovering there's a whole lot more to know about him than I ever knew. But I had to crack my heart open. I'll give you just one example. I mean, I may be old, and I am old. I'm a proud grandma and all that, uh, white-haired grandma, but we'll find out Jesus has white hair too. So, um, yeah, it's all good. All my life, I've, I have feared suffering. I've been afraid, and I don't think that's unusual, but I've had like an inordinate fear of pain and suffering. And I'm telling you, the book of Revelation is full of suffering. There's a ton of suffering. Uh, and so as I've opened my heart and had to listen, like, Holy Spirit, what do you... He goes, this is what Jesus said, Die, you've known me as Savior. Now you will know me as the suffering servant. I'm like, well, I, I thought I already did. He goes, no, no, no. The suffering servant who lives in you the suffering servant who can help you navigate suffering, walk through suffering, be victorious on the other side of suffering, still loving Jesus on the other side of suffering, which is one of the reasons these people needed a fresh revelation because they were suffering. They're tempted to compromise. They're tempted to, to give in. They're, they're tempted, as many are today, just to deconstruct their faith and walk away. Why? It looks like the gates of hell are prevailing against the church of Jesus Christ. So, now, the book of Revelation, the apocalypse, is written in what is known as apocalyptic literature. And that was well known in uh, ancient Jewish days. As a matter of fact, a lot of the Old Testament has a ton of apocalyptic language. Daniel, Ezekiel, Zechariah, Isaiah, even Exodus. So, as you know, the Bible tells one story. And it's really fun to read the book of Revelation having read the whole Bible, because you're like, oh my goodness, oh, oh, oh. And as always, 
There's one story, and there's one hero, and his name is Jesus. And if you keep your eyes on that, you won't get distracted by all the other apocalyptic language. You know, okay, apocalyptic language uses symbols. It uses animals. It uses all kinds of graphic descriptions and sounds and colors, as I said, to what? To communicate heavenly realities to earthly beings. Now, we all know, we say, oh, God's in heaven, we're on earth. Not really. I mean, yes, but what? <laughs> listen up. We're not separated. You see, we know that the heavenly realm intersects with the earthly realm and that there's all kinds of mix and matching going on, that there's all kinds of, well, demons. <laughs> there's all kinds of spiritual beings. We don't see them. But they're real, okay? They're pictured like dragons and other beasts. They're real. They're, they're behind political systems. They're behind cultural systems, cancel culture. They're behind a lot of other things. Now, we don't see them. And so what prophets and, and the people uh, in the scriptures, and even today, when they take apocalyptic language and literature, what they're trying to do is lift up the veil, lift up the cover, reveal, okay, this is actually what's really going on. And that's what's going to happen all throughout the book of Revelation. And it's very dangerous, though, and this is where a lot of us get tripped up. We, we try to take, I mean, some of the apocalyptic figures are very clear. The dragon is Satan. But all through history, people have tried to say, who's the beast? Well, I think it was Nero. No, it was Hitler. No, it was Saddam Hussein. No, it was... Oops, better not say that. Okay, so we don't, just don't go there, okay? Because that gets your eyes off Jesus. So you have to have this major paradigm shift where we know the cosmos is so much bigger than any of us can actually see. And we have to remember that. There's a whole lot more going on. And this is the most important thing, though, is, and this is the message of Revelation, if you read it through to chapter 22, God Almighty will thoroughly destroy, judge, eliminate all evil. And Jesus Christ will truly be king here on earth, brand new earth, brand new heaven, king of kings, lord of lords. That's the bottom line. Okay? We're not going to get into all that, but just so you know, uh, He's going to make all things new. So what, what does that say to us? We can trust him. See, because it doesn't look like I can trust him. How many of you have said or been in conversations with people, how can our good God, who you say loves us, why have thousands of people died in a pandemic? Why have thousands of people lost their jobs? Oh, they see, there's a whole lot more going on. Okay, there's a whole behind the scenes. Let's pull back the cover so we can get some revelation. And again, our focus is on the victory of the Lord Jesus Christ. And we need that because we, like the first century saints, we're tempted. We're tempted to compromise. We're tempted to accommodate. We don't resist what culture is doing. And if we do, we do it violently. And that is wrong because we serve the Prince of Peace who lives inside of us. Okay. Oh, I know I'm starting to meddle. Okay, let's go. We can, we can be faithful witnesses. Now, let me just define that again. 
We can be faithful witnesses to who our God is, a God of love, a God of power, a God of goodness. Now, when you think of faithful, you might like picture some little dog, you know, he's a little faithful puppy. We're not little faithful puppies, folks. We are to be faithful, full of the truth, not just in our head or in our mouth, in our lives. We're to be witnessing, testifying with the way we live, the way we have lived. You can look at me and say, I see Christ. I see the goodness of God. I see the mercy of God. I see the discipline of God. I know who your God is. And we are challenged to be faithful witnesses. Our world needs some faithful witnesses. Okay? I'll tell you a recent story. So, uh, it was uh, on a Friday, I think, and it was like 9 o'clock in the morning. I had to run to the grocery store for just a few items. So I went to Harvest Market, which is a great grocery store, but I hardly ever go there. So I'm like, oh, you know what? I look horrible. Like, I, I, I had a bad head. You know, I am not really dressed, but who cares? It's the pandemic. Put on a mask, big coat. <laughs> Nobody will even recognize you, Right? I mean, you could even wear your pajamas, for that matter. So, okay. So I go to Harvest Market, and I'm there in the bakery section, and a woman comes up to me, and she goes, Hey, aren't you Diane from the Vineyard Church? <laughs> Very tempted to lie. <laughs> no, no lie. <laughs> I went, uh, Yes. Well, I have some questions for you. I go, oh, Okay. Can I ask him? I went, yeah, yeah go, right, go ahead. She goes, well, I, I've been to your church before. I went, okay. And uh, by the way, as she started talking, I just wanted to tell you, uh, you know, we've been talking about everyday encounters. And suddenly I was aware this is an everyday encounter. Suddenly I was aware of compassion in my heart that I would not have had of myself, okay? So I'm having this conversation and she goes, I mean, I've just got questions. How can... God, the God you guys preach about and say that you love, how can he allow what is going on in our world? And of course, she detailed all the things about the pandemic and healthcare and job loss and all over the world, violence and everything. And, and at first, I wanted to jump in, you know, and I wanted to kind of give her a theology lesson, like, well, you know, there's more than one player on the field. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, shh, shh, listen and love. And I was able to listen to her heart with genuine love from God in my heart. I got to listen to her story, how she had abandoned her faith. And I was led to say to her, okay, listen, I know you don't believe in God anymore, but if I could pray one prayer for you and God could answer it to show himself how much he loves you and knows you, what would that prayer be? She goes, well, I need a job. I said, well, can I pray? She goes, yeah, go ahead. And so right there in the bakery section at Harvest Market, I was able to pray that, Father, I can't make that happen. You can. You love her. You arrange this meeting. You have provision for her. And I ask you to do that out of your love for her in Jesus' name. I don't know if she got a job. I actually continue to pray for her. A couple times a week, it'll come back in my mind. Yes, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's, the Lord needs faithful witnesses. 
He's called us to be faithful witnesses. And that's really, again, what the book of Revelation is all about. Well, let's go on. Who wrote it, okay? And who was it written to? We can pick back up on the text there, up on the screen. John, to the seven churches in Asia, grace to you and peace from he who is, who was, who is to come, and from the seven spirits that are before his throne, and from Jesus the Messiah, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth. Whoa. Again, John is the human writer. He's writing to seven churches in modern-day Turkey. There you can see. And we'll be looking at all those different letters as we come through this series. And these aren't just for those churches. Again, seven is a number that's used all throughout Revelation. It is always God's number of completion. And that's an indication that this refers to churches throughout all of history, including us, the Vineyard Church of Central Illinois today. These letters are written to us, and we're going to show you how what Jesus was saying to them applies to us so powerfully today. But who is it from? Who is this awesome letter from? It's directly from our triune God, the Father who is, He was, and is to come. I mean, no matter what your past, what your present, what you're worried about in the future, he's got this, okay? And then from the seven spirits, which is another name for the Holy Spirit. We don't have time to dissect that, but it's so powerful. There's the Holy Spirit. And lastly, there's Jesus, okay? So we've got Father, Son, Holy Spirit, Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead, the ruler of the kings of the earth. I want to read this letter, okay? John goes on, glory to the one who loved us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us a kingdom, priest to his God and Father. Glory and power be to him forever and ever. Amen. Wow. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the different struggles. He knows. And he wants you to know he loves you. He's freed you from your sin. You don't have to live angry. You don't have to live anxious. You don't have to live in any of that doubt and fear and craziness. No, he's freed you from your sin. He loves you. He's freed you from your sin. And not only that, he's given all of us a brand new destiny. We're made kings and priests in his kingdom. There's more to our life, right? <laughs> than just having a good life. This is the best life. Glory to him. Look, John goes on. He's coming with the clouds and every eye shall see him. Yes, even those who pierced him. All the tribes of the earth shall mourn because of him. Yes, amen. Jesus is coming back. Absolutely. There is a second coming. He will come and establish his kingship here on earth forever and ever. And guess what? Every eye will see him, no matter what color you are, what ethnicity, male, female, young, old, rich, poor, it doesn't matter. Those who've loved him, those who've hated him, every eye will see him. And I believe his invitation would be, receive the love, receive the life that my side was pierced to give you. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is, who was, who is to come, the Almighty. <laughs> it's as though he hasn't said it enough. 
You know, again, we can read those words on a screen, you know, in our hand, in a book. But I say invite the Holy Spirit to give you a fresh revelation of what it really means. He is the Alpha. He is the Omega. He gets the last word. Okay? <laughs> All right? He is the Almighty. So, Holy Spirit, bring fresh revelation where each person needs that in their life. Okay, so why was this book written? We know what it is, to whom it was written, why was it written, and I've alluded to that through most of this message. But there's two primary reasons, and I'll touch on both of them. The first is they're hurting. They're, they're in trouble. They're struggling. They need a fresh word from the Lord. And interesting, that word is what? I am the Omega. I am the Almighty. The living word speaks a fresh revelation of himself. Okay? Keep our eyes on that. So John writes it this way. Revelation 1.9. I, John, your brother and your partner in the suffering, the kingdom, and the patient endurance in Jesus was on the island called Patmos because of the word of God and the testimony of Jesus. Yeah, that was a penal colony. He'd been exiled. He gets it. He's a partner in trouble and persecution and pain and patient endurance. He, was, he said, I was in the spirit on the Lord's day and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet. Write down what you see in a book, it said, and send it to the seven churches. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, Laodicea. Okay. Why? Why did these churches need a specific, special letter delivered by God himself? Well, again, there's lots of trouble. And it's the same three spheres of trouble that all of us go through at all different points in history, and we're going through it right now. It's religious persecution, it's cultural persecution, it's political persecution, and you better believe it. And Jesus addresses all of it. He addresses all of it in the letters that he writes and that we're going to be preaching on in the next few weeks. You see, the Jews... They hated the Christians because the Christians were worshiping a dead Nazarene who called himself the son of God. The pagans hated the Christians because they no longer contributed to the idolatry trade, which was very ludicrous. I should say not ludicrous. Uh, very, uh, it was ludicrous. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> um, it, and then the political, oh my goodness, all the Christians, this is the time of Rome. Caesar is Lord, and if you did not say Caesar is Lord and you said Jesus is Lord, off with your head. So being a Christian in the first century was no walk in the park, okay? But in the same way, I think we're going to need some uncommon courage in the days ahead. I don't think it's the, the religious, cultural, and political persecution and struggle is, is going to stop. I think it's going to accelerate. It's going to take us knowing our Lord, knowing him as the king of kings, knowing him as the firstborn from the dead. It's going to take some incredible revelation. Why? We're going to be tempted more than ever. You already know friends who've deconstructed their faith. You already know friends who, they're done. They don't go to church anymore, but isn't it interesting? Jesus is delivering the letters to the church. Not just to somebody who's just hanging out on YouTube all day. Oops, there I go again. 
Okay. Okay, no, no. I, I, I got to get going. My time's running out. So, okay. So the first reason this was written is there's just trouble on all those fronts. Okay? And secondly, but this applies to us today too. John was delivering this letter because these churches were being invaded and infected with bad teaching. Is that contemporary? Oh my goodness. So Jesus and the apostles and all the, the writers of the epistles, they actually care about this. Over and over again, they write in the letters, beware of false prophets. Beware of false teachers. Hey, you're going to know them by their fruit. Is their life a faithful witness to my character, my love, my joy, my peace, my justice, my righteousness? If not, beware, says Jesus. Okay? So there's bad teaching. We're going to get into that very specifically each week. I don't want to steal any thunder from all those preachers. So... The problem is we are in a state of truth decay. That's not original with me. Truth decay. Listening to Rich Nathan, he's the pastor, founding pastor of the Vineyard Columbus, and he has a passion for truth. You know, and he says he was leading us in a seminar. How do we pastor in a post-truth age? And I feel all you college students and the, the teenagers, there's no truth anymore. You know, whatever. You go on the internet, any media sources, it's all over the place. And people are hungry for truth. They want truth, but they manufacture their own truth, right? And that's why so many of us are very susceptible to conspiracy theories. And, okay, I will meddle here. Okay, they're, they're all out there. As a matter of fact, quite a few Christians believe in conspiracy theories. And, and I'm not here to bash conspiracy theories. I actually see some truth in them. I've done a lot of study on this. I've been very uh, compelled by the Lord to look into it, to trust the Holy Spirit of truth as I've investigated, read, discerned. You see, we no longer trust. We've lost trust in our truth sources. We've lost trust in our government, trust in our church, trust in schools. We've lost trust. So we want to know what's really going on. And that's what a conspiracy theory provides. Hey, you want to know what's going on? I'm telling you, Jesus will tell us what's going on. Jesus is the truth. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. Okay, I'll meddle one bit more. Okay. If you're into conspiracy theories, if not, just sit back, relax. I want to address QAnon. Okay, so if you don't know what that is, that's fine. If you know what it is, listen up. And we may go on and do a podcast or more because I can only do a drive-by here. And I've studied the QAnon conspiracy. Q is a source. We don't know who he is. It's probably a male, a high-ranking military official. Anon, he is anonymous. We don't know his real identity, but he's releasing all kinds of information that you can access on the internet about what's really going on. Now, I want to tell you this. Some of what he says is actually good. It is, and, and, and it alludes to truth. So I'm not bashing that. That's, I'm not actually going to take on any of the things that are being posted by Q. What I'm taking on is we don't know who Q is, and we do know who Jesus is. And that is significant. That is very significant. 
Holy Spirit of truth. We want to be faithful witnesses. What does this truth look like? Well, we'll conclude today by this last portion of Scripture where John turns and he sees. You see, nobody had seen the, the, the ascended Lord. They'd seen the resurrected Lord. They'd put their hands in the nail prints. They saw his side. And then he left, but they don't know. What's he doing up there now? What, what is the ascended Lord doing? And this is the picture. I turned to see the voice that was speaking with me. And as I turned, I saw seven golden lampstands. And in the middle of the lampstands, one like a son of man wearing a full-length robe with a golden belt across his chest. His head and his hair were white, white like wool, white like snow. His eyes were a flame of fire. His feet were like exquisite brass refined in a furnace. His voice like the sound of many waters. He was holding seven stars in his right hand, a sharp-edged sword coming out of his mouth. The sight of him was like the sun when it shines with full power. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as though I was dead, folks. This is Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, Son of man, eyes blazing, sword coming from his mouth. This is the man we love the God we serve, the one who wants to reveal more of himself to us. And guess what? He's walking in the middle of seven lampstands, which Revelation goes on to tell us are the churches. Jesus is walking. He's walking here today. He's walking among the churches because he loves us as our shepherd. He wants to not just comfort us. He wants to challenge us. He wants to call us to repentance. So what? So we can be victorious. So we can be a faithful witness. Now, Jesus is walking among the seven churches, lampstands full of the oil of the Holy Spirit, holding the stars, something that's angels, others just the leaders of the church. Wow. And John finishes with, he touched me with his right hand. Don't be afraid, he said. I am the first and the last and the living one. I was dead, and look, I am alive forever and ever. And I do have the keys of death in Hades. Hades is the unseen realm. Now write what you see, both that already are also things that are going to happen afterwards. I want you to know Jesus wants to touch you today. He wants to say, I don't care where your fears are focused. He says, I don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. This is who I am. I do have all authority, which I've given to you. And whatever persecution, whatever pain, whatever suffering you are going to face in the coming days, know this is who I am. And I love you. You know, how, how do we get this revelation? I'll circle right back to where I started. Come, Holy Spirit. Open my eyes, open my heart, give me ears. Please, Holy Spirit, as I've been doing this since the summer, when he instructed me to begin to immerse myself in the book of Revelation, I'll share just uh, one very powerful, powerful things in addition to suffering servant. He said, die, you've known me as a lover. And that's true. My intimacy with Jesus, it's one of the most treasured treasured parts of my relationship with him, my intimacy. He said, you've known me as a lover. I'm going to reveal myself as Lord. Well, I thought I... No, you, you have no idea. 
then you're going to need this revelation. You're going to need to know I do hold the keys to death in the unseen realm. You're going to need to know I am Lord of all creation, no matter what they say or what they do, so that you can participate in the victory of the Lamb who overcomes the world. That he's ready to reveal whatever you, where you need revelation of Jesus in your life, he is so ready. So pick up the book and invite the Holy Spirit to give you ears that listen and a heart that obeys. Well, Father, thank you. You're so willing to do that. And I pray for that today, even as we worship. Pull back the covers. Unveil the Christ. We love you and thank you for loving us. In your mighty name, amen. Thanks for listening to the message today. To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.